2: This is the best of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Going to be joined now by my guy Dan Wetzel. We talked to him some of the time while he was in South Korea for the Winter Olympics, and he is now back in the States in the Eastern Time Zone in Detroit with us. Dan, how excited were you to get back into the country?
0: I was pretty excited. Love South Korea. Great country. A great place, but no place like home
2: so when did you actually
0: get back uh i got back sunday morning American time. so that you closing ceremonies i don't i don't need to see that show.
2: you you have been to a lot of olympics over the years i felt like this winter olympics didn't necessarily get the same amount of attention especially after kind of the drama of North Korea having their person, uh, having the, the daughter of Kim Jong-un over there, or sister of Kim Jong-un over there, that there wasn't as much attention as there had been in past years. How did this Olympics to you compare to the other Olympics you've been to?
0: Well, I wasn't here, so I don't quite know that, but it certainly was not... You know, the American team just didn't... You know, just didn't win at that level that we're used to. So, there were some moments... You know, Sean White and uh, Chloe Kim, the women's hockey team, that game was awesome. That game was played in the middle of the night here. You know, if that thing's on, if they have the uh, the women's hockey Canada shootout going on at 10 o'clock in the United States, that, that game is iconic. I mean, it's just a massive event, but it happens in the middle of the night. So you had time problems with so many people coming fourth and fifth you know some of our marquee sports women's figure skating we did really poorly historically poorly things like that just it just never got going i don't think to the level we've had in other olympics we just we weren't that good and then you come up with that time change and it's really hard to to overcome it and that's just the uh, the reality and for the olympics in the united states the next two olympics are both in asia also so you're going to have the same problems so incredible they can try to you know set it up they'll do swimming in the morning locally like in tokyo and have it in prime time but it's still it's it's hard to do when you're you're 12 you know funnel what we're 14 hours ahead uh it's just hard to do
2: we're talking to dan wetzel follow him on twitter at dan wetzel all right let's skip away from the olympics straight into this college basketball scandal um sean miller latest to come under siege based on allegedly what he said on fbi wiretaps you work at yahoo sports you guys have been leading the charge, Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, on these uh, these articles surrounding this crisis. Is the worst of it over yet, or how much worse is it going to get in your mind for college basketball?
0: No, there's still so many more details to come out. So, so what you have right now is, you know, you have the the ten people who were charged with crimes. You have a couple that have flipped and cooperating. But what you have now is the discovery, all of the evidence the FBI came up with while they were doing this. And that, that includes 3,000 hours of uh, phone calls that were pulled off of wiretaps. And as those details come out, and most of them will come out in trial, they're currently, um, it's currently under not necessarily a seal but a court order that nobody it's only accessible to defendants um but as the details come out and that's what this is somewhere on the wiretap Sean Miller is supposedly saying discussing a 100,000 payment um that's when these bombshells will come out when you have 3,000 hours of that you have emails everywhere you have documents you have just so many different things this is just one more story so there could be there could be a 100 more stories like Sean Miller um might not be the exact same story but there could be there's just hundreds and hundreds of things that could keep coming out. It could also be stories of, hey, you know, a, a you know, so and so bought somebody a you know, a six-inch tuna sandwich at Subway. I mean, you know, it goes in various levels of detail. But as the details of what the FBI uncovered as evidence comes out, either through leaks or through reporting, or eventual trials, um, college basketball is sitting there as is a, is a, is a they're a sitting duck right now as these things pop up.
2: So already Rick Pitino has lost his job. Sean Miller's job in serious, serious jeopardy. He didn't coach against Oregon over the weekend. He claims his innocence, but we'll see exactly what ends up transpiring there. If I told you over under five major big five conference coaches lose their jobs over this investigation, you take in the over or the under with obviously Rick Pitino already counting as one.
0: Uh, Beck my house, Rick Pitino's house, and Sean Miller's house on over. Like, how
2: high does it go? Like, what number would I have 20, to set it 25, at? Twenty-five.
0: Uh, unless the NCAA comes up with something, if we're just sitting there under today's rules, the NCAA could rewrite the rules tomorrow or today, and, and, and uh, or, or try to. I mean, they have to get like approval and stuff. It take a little while, but under today's situation, yeah, 20, 20 people.
2: 20 coaches could be gone and right now we're so in other words if you're out there listening right now and let's say you're an arizona state fan or you're a kentucky fan and you're like ha ha louisville yeah, lost their cheer. coach that's probably not the time to gloat
0: no, no don't cheer i mean we uh, you just don't know again we have three thousand hours of tape uh, who knows what got said you know uh, and you know i think like in fairness what what is on the wire? Like there's stuff that's just it's not obviously there's no crime here, and the FBI you know interestingly they didn't sit there and say hey let's see if they actually paid DeAndre eight a hundred grand let's watch the bank records and then let's arrest John Miller there's not a crime here for that so these are NCA things but we we don't know what's on these we just don't know what's on there and I mean it could just be Sean Miller discussing it. And saying, yeah, 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 we'll get you the money, and he might not even want to. He may never give him the money. I mean, you, you don't know what's really what's real. You may just be brushing them aside, or this might just be preliminary. I don't know, who knows, but that kind of stuff is just going to be everywhere. I mean, this is and this is one. This you know, uh, some of the stuff that came out in the Yahoo reports was documents from one sports agent, just one. There's there's t- now that's the one they have the evidence on, but there's. You know, whatever. There's 100 sports agents out there. So this is literally how it's done. And so every single school in the country, and you might not get every head coach talking about 100 grand payouts, but you can find something on pretty much everybody at that point. If you you have guys talking on wires to um, Adidas executives, AAU coaches, you know, runners for agents and things like that, they're not just... They're not just talking about the weather, you know. Why? Why? Why is Sean Miller on the phone with a 24-year-old kid from from Michigan? Um, I, I don't know. Actually, if it was with Daw- I think it was with Christian Dawkins, wasn't? Um, or whatever. You know what's going on. So because of that, nobody is safe on this. I mean, yeah, there's certainly some coaches that wouldn't do this, but for the most part, I would not feel confident if you're a fan of college basketball or any school that your coach could not get caught up on this. It's just. This is exactly how it's done. We've been saying this forever. wrote a book about this in 2000. Um, Done a million stories. This is how it's done. And now when those tapes, if those tapes start really coming out and you're getting the voices of them, um, that's kind of almost the Armageddon for college basketball because now you can put the audio in the, you know, to it. It's almost like when there's a scandal that involves video, it's a bigger scandal than anything else. You're not going to get video, but you could get audio of it.
2: So, what is what should the NCAA do? You just said if you were setting an over/under, you'd say 20 on the number of big coaches, you know, Big Five conference coaches that could end up losing their job over this investigation and kind of the details going public. Should the NCAA just come out and say carte blanche, like everybody's got immunity on this story? Let's—I mean, like, what would you do if you were Mark Emmert right now? I don't know what the answer is because I think it's clear that the NCAA is an impotent organization and nobody respects it, right? I mean, I think regardless of who you root for, I think as these details are coming out, you're like the NCAA is like a traffic cop and everybody's driving 120 miles an hour on the interstate, right? They really just don't fear getting pulled over. Um, and frankly, I mean, if you can get a DeAndre Ayton for $100,000, I, I don't know why a coach wouldn't pay him $100,000 out of his own pocket because the difference-making impact, if you're making millions of dollars, you can make millions of dollars off that investment, right, if you can get a player that good. What should hey, look, the NCAA Sean do?
0: Miller. Consider yeah. Sean Miller. Um, I don't know what he's getting paid, three, $4 million a year? Yes. Sean Miller has never made a Final Four. Sean Miller... Usually has great talent and fails to make the final four. I think he's actually not a bad coach, but who knows? He's making three or four million dollars. If he's dropping, if his payroll every year is half a million I, I dollars, and like you said, take it out of your own money. It's like, it would be uh, the best
2: investment of all time.
0: Right. There was the one with like Todd Bozeman and Jason Kidd, right? Todd Bozeman, you know, and, and some of the scandal at Cal Bat was way back in the day, you know? Well, what's Jason Kidd worth? Well, <laughs> worth your career. You yes. Get them. You all of a sudden. So Shaw Miller's making millions and millions of dollars, and he's dropped. And 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 quite honestly, what he's doing maybe against NCAA rules, but it's not exactly unethical. It's like, you know what? I'm making a killing off of you. I'm going to give your family a little cash. You know, like most people would build, you build a statue for a guy like that. So you give a hundred grand, you give a hundred grand here, fifty grand there. You could do it all on your own. Uh, and certainly, if someone says, hey. I'm giving this guy a hundred grand. I'm gonna give. I'm a. I'm Adidas or I'm. I'm an agent. I'm gonna give him a hundred grand. I'm gonna send him to you. Make sure that no other agents talk to him for the next year, and you give him back to me. And you go, yeah, sure, no problem, right? Because nobody believes in these rules, and and capitalism will always beat these rules. These kids, DeAndre Ayton's worth more than tuition, room and board, and you know, two hundred dollars a month in uh, laundry money. He's worth a ton of money. He's worth millions. Even when he's, his future earnings are worth the millions. Just, you just You're just betting it. It's a, it's a, it's a craps game. Because if you're an agent, you can make millions off him. I would pay a million dollars right now for DeAndre Ayton if I'm an agent. Because the likelihood is he makes $200 million in salary. And I'm getting 4% of that. So what's that? $8 million. So you pay one million to get eight million. Yeah, you pay not, $6 not to money.
2: mention whatever you get from the marketing money that he potentially makes, yeah, which is an even higher rate. Ten like
0: percent and the financial planning and the whole thing. So the money's there. So yeah, why why wouldn't you do this? Sean Miller is a very very wealthy man. He was living a very high profile coaching, he was flying around in planes. I mean, this is it. And it's like yeah. So so I don't know what happened there. So I, you know, I'm not saying he paid him or anything, but it makes total sense. So because of that, this is the reality. I don't know. Does the the, the NCA, one thing the NCA can do is completely change its rules. And if it does that, the case kind of ends because the FBI's uh, the, uh, the U.S. Attorney's case on this is basically the, the, the assistant coaches, everyone's defrauding a university by breaking NCA rules. And if you change the NCA rules, then you can't really defraud the university anymore. Now, you, you you know, can you go retroactive or I don't quite know how that would all work. But, the NCAA could rewrite the rules and probably end the investigation or end these cases. You could sit there and say, we're just going to, yeah, say nobody's really in trouble for this. Or I mean, I don't know. They can do whatever they want. It doesn't change what happened. It doesn't change co- contracts between the coach and the university and things like that. But like I said, as of right now, you just can't be this good and just get guys. Nice. The guys, the guys, Look, if you looked at, like, the, uh, the one Pete and, and the Pat Fordian Pete then put out, I mean, you know, late last week, you know, there's money going to, like, Fred Van Vliet of Wichita State. He's five foot eleven. Now, he made the lead, but he didn't end up going with Andy Miller, the agent involved. And uh, he got, you know, it was a couple thousand dollars or something on a ledger. It means every agent's paying guys at Wichita State right. a couple grand just to get at the table, you say, would you let me be your agent? So it's it's just, it's everywhere. Of course it's everywhere. And I don't know whether he took it. It's just something on a ledger. I mean, it just says says we gave it to him. Who knows? But there's just so much money that there's no way any school, if you're good at all, that agents and and all the people who are looking at these players aren't sitting there going, oh, well, I'm not going to get involved. Like people look at it all the wrong way. And so it's not like, John Powell Park gets all the good recruits, so he must be doing this. It's like no anywhere there's anybody any good, they're going to come after the kid. Doesn't matter what school you're at.
2: Two couple of weeks till the NCAA tournament officially begins. Do you think there will be a drip, drip, drip of additional stories between now and then? Almost every couple of days, a new story comes out. Or do you think? Will have a prolonged period. of so like how do you see this story playing out between now and the NCAA tournament? You,
0: uh, you know, in the next couple weeks, who knows? But over the next year, yeah, drip, drip, drip.
2: Which makes I mean, the story that much once worse. The trials
0: right? come. If the trials start beginning next year, then you're going to see you're going to see stuff like you know, if you're a lawyer, filings about evidence in court. I mean, stuff's got to get you know. Stuff has to come out, but that that's, the information is out there. The discovery is there. The FBI's investigation is there. There's a mountain of evidence. I would certainly love to be able to sit there and just go through it all. If you could, yeah, it would be, be incredible. So I don't know about the next couple of weeks, but certainly over the next couple of years, it's just going to be boom, 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 because, you know, the, the evidence is there, and in some ways it's not even fair to, like, it's it's not been adjudicated. It's not really been fully Handle this has been an investigation. So you say, well, we saw this in a ledger. You know, again, was well, it is that, is that true? Did the guy write the letter? To the ledger telling the truth? I mean, if you're defending these guys, but the bombshell can keep popping out and popping out and popping out.
2: Okay, let's. We're talking to Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports. Go follow him on uh, Twitter at Dan Wetzel. Let's say that you are at one of these schools. It seems like most of these schools have just said, screw it, we're going to keep playing these guys. We're going to say we're going to put out these statements saying, "Well, according to our investigation, we haven't found anything improper, so these guys are all eligible." I don't think I think I'm correct. I don't think any school so far, based on any of the Yahoo Port reports, has actually really pulled guys. Now, Sean Miller's not coaching, but it seems like everybody else has said, "Well, based on our investigation, these guys are clean, uh, and we're going to continue to play them." Is that just kind of an almost collusion among the schools? Because, and just say, screw it. Like, if they're if they if they're able to prove one day that our guys took money the whole season's to wash anyway, we might as well go ahead and keep playing them as long as we can.
0: Well, yeah, there's a couple things there. That certainly is one of it. It's like, well, might as well just have fun with this. Um, maybe we get all get busted and we take down the banner. But otherwise, let's just go. Uh, If we, you know, if you're, look, Arizona's not going to win the national championship anymore. Um, You know, highly unlikely. Now they pulled their head coach off. They've had other issues this year. They lost their assistant coach, head coach. They lose DeAndre Ayton. They really aren't. So it's sort of like, I think they were just sitting there saying, let's see what happens. Let's just go with this." They didn't fire Sean Miller when they certainly could have. Um, So, yeah, I think there's that. There's also this bit where, you know, the whole case is built on the idea that these schools have been defrauded, yet these schools don't seem to care so they're sort of going and we know what's the well because
2: these players are good investments for the schools you know that's the thing like if you could get deandre ayton for a hundred grand and we don't know whether he was officially paid or not but that's the best damn deal imaginable he's worth millions probably to the school actually on the books if they advance far in the tournament and just in terms of the overall attention that he brings everything else like hundred thousand dollars for DeAndre eight and hell, I would have paid him a hundred thousand dollars to go to my school of choice, right? And there's probably a lot of boosters out there that are thinking, "My God, that's all we got to pay for a lottery pick." I mean, the numbers don't seem that insanely high.
0: Well, and and how about if you're Michigan State and you say, "We have uh, Miles Bridges," there's a there's a a ledger that says one sports agent gave Miles Bridges' mom four hundred dollars and took her to lunch, basically. It's not even your 470 bucks. <laughs> right. It's like, well, you know, did you get the $400? No. Okay, well, that's the end of the investigation. I mean, how are you going to find someone who got $400 in cash from an ATM? How are you going to prove that? So the other guy won't talk to you and you go, hey, you know what? We can't prove that. So we'll let them play. I mean, and, and if somebody comes along and eventually proves it, yeah, we're screwed. Guess what? We're already screwed if, that, if they're going to get to that level. Because they're going to find more than four hundred seventy dollars from Miles Bridges got thrown around. So you know, Miles Bridges' family wanted to take money; they could have taken a hundred thousand dollars or more. Um, do you, Do you think? So, so you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. who cares? Not even your four seventy. Yeah,
2: no, it's true. Do you think this this investigation has changed the way college basketball operates?
0: Well. I think everyone was very careful this year because nobody thought a year ago there was going to be wiretapped. Like the idea that your conversation was tapped. The, one of the biggest things in college basketball and how they justify it is how I did earlier this year. Nobody believes in the rules. Nobody, the, especially these coaches, like they're the ones going into a house trying to recruit a kid and, and, the, and, the, and the family doesn't have any money. Now some, a lot of the kids do have money, but even if they do, you almost, there's a shame factor of sitting there saying, I'm making $5 million and you're making nothing. And so they don't believe in this thing. And you, you'd have to be just the most heartless person to be like, yeah, this totally makes total sense. And, and I'm, I'm glad you're broke this year and you can't have money to, you don't have gas money or a working car to come over and watch a kid play basketball at our campus. But I'm making $4 million and I can't do anything for you. So nobody believes in it. but So they always kind of justified it that way, like, yeah, you know, of course everyone's taking care of the kids, or I'm looking to look the other way if someone takes care of the kid because it's not a bad thing. So they were far more blatant about it. Now I think people are, are you know, they're not talking on the phone, things like that. Um, I do think this can alter college basketball. I think college sports has to change and allow kids to have representation. They have to allow them to, to, to profit off their name and likeness, or this will never end. And like I said, what they're staring at is two, three years of drip, 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 but the drips are really just bombs knocking out major head coaches.
1: Do you think
2: that college basketball is dirtier, and I'm putting in quotation marks because I think dirty is like an interesting phrase, than college football? Or do you think the same thing is going on in college football to the same degree?
0: It's a different degree because you can't, the agents will not pay big money for a high school recruit. In football, but once they identify themselves as they're going to be a, an NFL player, they're all over them and their family. If you're projected to be a top three pick in the NFL draft or you're projected to be a draft pick in the NBA, you and your family can take as tons of money. You will have the opportunity to take tons of money from agents, financial planners, shoe companies, real estate agents, jewelry deal, whatever it is because they think you're going to be rich. You're trying to predict who the lottery winner is. If you're a Hollywood talent agent and you know who's going to win um, the next, I don't know if the show's still on, but like The Voice or whatever, or that, you know, back in the day, American Idol, yeah. you go sign that, you do anything you can to sign it. What, what, what would you have done if you could have signed Carrie Underwood when she was, you know, whatever she was, college kid trying out on the show? Because how much money did you make being her entertainment lawyer? So this is the same thing. You know who's going to make it. Once the kids identify it, in basketball, you can go and see DeAndre Ayton play basketball when he's a freshman in high school and go, I bet this is 50-50 he's a top, uh, he's a top 10 pick. Yeah. And by the time he's a junior in high school, you're like, I got a 90% chance this money's coming back. Yes. So a guaranteed, again, what do we say? If he's worth $200 million in salary, just in salary, that's worth $8 bucks to me. How much you want to spend to make... For the eight million. Would you spend six million to make two million? Yeah. Now they don't spend that much. But that wouldn't you know, if someone said invest six million, I'll get you two million over the next fifteen years. Say so, yeah, I'll take it. You know, or I don't know what number you'd take. But. Good
2: stuff, as always, Dan Wetzel. i got to get out on this break, but that's All fantastic. Right. Follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Wetzel. I'm Clay Travis. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Jason Whitlock joins us now at Whitlock. Jason, it's always fun, my man. What's your take on this NCAA hoop scandal? Before you do that, but oh, I want to tell you something. We had Dan Wetzel on. Uh, I know you know Dan, uh, Yahoo Sports columnist. He said if he were setting the over-under right now on how many college basketball coaches will be fired based on this investigation and everything that's going to come out, he would go with 20 or 25. That's how extensive and deep he thinks this investigation has run in terms of who it implicates. Uh, what should happen? What will happen in this story?
1: I, I think this is a critical moment for college athletics and they can double down on amateurism and, you know, keep their head buried in the stand and will be, there'll just be more and more scandals or they can take this opportunity to reinvent themselves and massage the amateurism rules so that they make sense and so that, uh, you know their rules will have some integrity as long as they have rules that the athletes, many or most of the coaches the administrators don't believe in there's going to be corruption and cheating and even guys that coaches that are following the rules uh, to the best of their ability they don't believe in amateurism they don't believe that this system is fair they don't like, uh, you know, hey, I'm making $3, 4 5 $6, 10000000 million a year. Uh, this sport has, you know, got these billion-dollar TV contracts with CBS and ESPN, and we're not sharing any of this money uh, with the handful of kids that, you know, are coveted by the NBA and drive ratings and revenue. Uh, so as long as people don't believe in the system, there's going to be corruption. And so I'm hoping that the NCAA will uh, take this opportunity. I'm hoping the television networks put some pressure on them. Uh, you know, the professional leads put some pressure on them. The public put some pressure on them to change uh, these amateurism rules. Amateur amateurism is is outdated. It's 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 well past its expiration date.
2: Do you think there are any fans out there? I understand there are people who defend this policy. Now, I've I've basically come off the top rope on it for this entire show. I'd encourage people to go download the podcast. But this is not something I haven't – I've been saying this for a long time, that I'm a capitalist. I think if you are – if you have a talent, your goal in America, thanks to capitalism, God bless greed, is to sell your talent to the highest bidder for the most you can possibly sell it for – and that the NCAA is an anti-capitalistic organization and everything associated with amateurism is the same way. Having said all of that, uh, what is now becoming an issue is, is the one-and-done rule appropriate? Let's start there. Is the one-and-done rule in your mind appropriate, or should 18-year-olds be able to go straight to the NBA?
1: Yeah, look, people should be able to do what their talents dictate or command they can do, and so the one and done rule is not fair now, having said that, I don't if I'm the NBA uh, I, I, I don't want eighteen year olds in my league. They're not ready mentally. Uh, you know that's a grown man's life style. and so I would be trying to come up with some rule that compensates and rewards financially kids for staying in college and we we need to quit pretending like because of title nine or oh if all the athletes can't get paid no one you know we need to quit pretending that the only people that should get paid are the handful of guys that are legitimate pro prospects that are coveted by the nba and again i think if they worked in partnership with the nba and i think this should apply to the nfl as well they would have internships for the top 200 uh amateur basketball players the nba would and uh the nba would compensate them for some sort of summer six week summer internship where they had some you know they went to some destination las vegas wherever and for six weeks they participated in a summer league that was televised you know two games a week for each team or whatever Uh, And then you taught them, you know, the business of basketball as well. And the kids would get paid over the summer a nice (laughs) chunk of change, uh, you know. And, And so I would reward guys for staying in college for three or four years. I think it's better for the NBA the guys come with a built-in brand. It, it, it was better when Larry Bird came out of Indiana State after a historic college career, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or you know even Magic to just stay for 2 years. That's better for basketball. And so I would be working towards a rules and a set of rules that 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 way that the top 200 amateur basketball players or whatever participated in some type of summer league with the NBA where they were compensated well for that, and that that would be my fix to this whole solution or to this I, whole problem.
2: I like that. I floated the idea. I'm curious what you think about this, that, that the NBA should have the same rule as college baseball, which is if you come out of high school in college baseball, you go into the draft, you can see where you're drafted, you can see what your overall value is, If you elect to go into the NBA at 18 uh, or to the minor leagues in baseball at 18, you do it, and you sign the contract and you become a professional, they guarantee that they'll pay for your college if you decide that you're not able to actually become a professional, you're not as good as you hope to be. On the flip side, if you go to college, you have to stay for three years. I love your idea about paying them in the off season, like summer jobs almost, and allowing them to kind of find out what it's like to be a professional and get coached like NBA guys do. What do you think about the NBA and college basketball? Because it's the NBA rule, really. College basketball doesn't have anything to do with it. But the black market is created because these guys at 18 years old have incredible value. And at 19, they didn't suddenly become draft picks. You can pick out for college basketball the guys who are going to be studs in advance of them becoming studs in a way that you really can't with college football. What do you think about that?
1: It's not a bad solution, but I'm a college basketball fan. and I'm a basketball fan. And if I'm Adam Silver in the NBA and I want the NBA to reach its full potential, I want LeBron James to have some sort of historic, legendary college basketball career. I want the top players from 18 to 21 to go build their brand in college basketball and then come to the NBA with this huge fan base. I think that makes the NBA better. It makes the draft better. It makes... It, it it just makes the players bigger because now there's the split there's college basketball fans and there's nba fans you know one of the reasons why football kicks everyone's ass is because there's synergy between the nfl and college football and deshaun watson comes to the nfl with a huge fan base and a huge brand And even a guy like Tim Tebow that's not even that talented, he was able to drive ratings in the NFL because of what he accomplished in college. And so I'm looking for a solution that, because, again, the baseball model is fine, but I just think you see the overwhelming majority of the talented players go straight to the NBA. And, you know, those guys really aren't major factors until, you know, it takes them two or three years in the pros before their major factors uh... in the nba so i'd rather have them spending their time in college uh... and really have a chance to be marketed and have their brand built and i i just think the nba needs to figure out david stern came up with some theory that you know the destruction of college basketball and taking all their stars away was going to be good for the nba and i never believed that the better college basketball is the better the NBA is, the same as it works in football. Uh, so, you know, I, I, your idea is fine. It's better than what we have now, but but I, I just I'm looking for solutions that enhance college basketball because I think that's going to enhance the NBA.
2: We're talking to Jason Whitlock at WhitlockJason Jason on Twitter. Encourage you to go follow him there. All right. I want to ask you about this because I was out of town on this uh, on this cruise vacation, so I wasn't as plugged in and we didn't even talk about it on the show at all yet. I haven't tweeted about it or talked about it, but Greg Popovich came out and teed off on Fox News uh, host Laura Ingraham for what she said about Lauren, uh, LeBron James, which was effectively shut up and dribble. I know I, I, I saw you uh, talk about it a lot on Speak for Yourself. I'd encourage you guys to go watch uh, Jason Whitlock's uh, afternoon show on FS1, Speak for Yourself. What was your take on that? What do you think about what Popovich said in general? How big of a story was this? How big of a story should it have been?
1: Uh, you know, My take was that, look, if you understand Laura Ingram's stick – Uh, she's written a book 10, 15 years ago, shut up and sing. She goes after Hollywood liberals, uh, white liberals, the exact same way. Do your job. Basically. Uh, if you're an actor, shut up and act. If you're a singer, shut up and sing. If you're a basketball player, shut up and dribble. Uh, and so she was executing her stick and it's worked out great. I mean, she, uh, her, her The conversation about her and her show dominated NBA All-Star Weekend, an audience that knew nothing about her knows about her. I think it worked out well for LeBron James. He got to speak to his base, and he got to continue to pretend that he's some sort of social justice activist and the modern-day Muhammad Ali and I'm not going to shut up and blah, blah, blah and so he got it worked for both parties. LeBron got to hype his uninterrupted television show, she got to uh hype her television show on Fox News. Uh what I went and watched the entire 16-minute interview with Carrie uh, Champion and Kevin Durant and you know LeBron's passing dismissive comments about Trump were the least of the things that were problematic in that interview and so part of what I was (laughs) conveying and saying at the time was just like if LeBron wants to be a public intellectual he's got some work to do Uh, he needs to enter into the marketplace of ideas and deal with the pushback and have his thoughts and ideas sharpened he can't just do interviews with people that just get laugh and tee him up and never challenge anything he says. At one point during his interview with Carrie Champion and Kevin Durant, LeBron talked about why he wanted to have kids at an early age. And it was he said he didn't have a father, and so he wanted to have kids as soon as possible so that he could prove that he could be a father. And that's just not the right reasons to have kids. And I was just thinking, man, if kids are watching, or poor kids that grow up without fathers, you don't want to take that advice or model yourself after LeBron James. LeBron James was a 19-year-old father. He had two kids before he was ever married. That does not work out for the overwhelming majority of people, regardless of color. Teenage Parenthood is a mistake having two kids before you're married is a mistake. LeBron James is unaware of the this, this excuse me. is unaware of this because he's a 6 foot 9 nearly a billionaire athlete and he makes so much money that all of his mistakes can be covered up by money. And perhaps LeBron is a dedicated father and one of the greatest fathers in the history of the planet. I don't know, so I'll give him that. But for the overwhelming majority of people, regardless of, of wealth, but it, but particularly when they're poor, it just doesn't work out. And so he needs to be challenged because he's spewing a lot of things that uh, sound good on paper. When you're six foot nine and born with physical gifts that most of the planet don't have. Uh, but that's not what—that's not the resume of the overwhelming majority of people that come from where he came from in Akron, where I came from in Indianapolis. Uh, and, and it's just bad advice. And I could go on with other things he said on there that were just stupid, but he's not being challenged. Everybody looks, at, oh, LeBron's rich. And so, therefore, he has all the answers and everything he says makes sense. No, LeBron's not a public intellectual. He hasn't, he's not backed by anybody. It's just like people want to compare him to Muhammad Ali, but they want to ignore the fact that Malcolm X was the uh, substance and logic powering Muhammad Ali. Nike is powering LeBron James and, you know, LeBron's friends, Maverick and Rich Paul, they're powering LeBron James. That's not the same as Malcolm X. That, that's, a, that's not as much substance as what was powering Muhammad Ali. Uh, so, you know, I, I think LeBron doesn't understand what's made him a great basketball player is being challenged by other great basketball players and competing against other great basketball players. If he wants to be a public intellectual, he needs to go out and compete against Ben Shapiro and other public intellectuals who disagree with him that will sharpen his ideas.
2: Uh, that's a really good point. I, you want to come back for a final couple of minutes? We're going to have to I'm take good. a break here. Yeah. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. We're talking to Jason Whitlock. <clears throat> At Whitlock Jason on Twitter, as I nearly die here. Let me pause to take a drink and try not to die. My voice is dying after I came back from the Caribbean. Um, but, Jason Whitlock, you, you hit on something that I think is a big part. You said LeBron needs to be challenged in his opinion and that he needs to have like somebody out there in the same way that iron sharpens iron in basketball, the best kind of competition in the NBA makes his game better. I think that with athletes and coaches right now, every time they make a political statement, Regardless of how smart it is, the media is saying, oh, good for you, and like clapping and cheering. And frequently, those statements are not that sharp. They're not that smart. They're not that perceptive. And in the world of Hollywood, it seems to me we've gotten used to the idea that at the Oscars, an actor is going to get up and make a statement, and everybody kind of ignores it. But in col- in, 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 certainly in the NBA and the NFL and in pro sports, we still praise them. Is that a flaw of the way the media covers political statements by
1: athletes? Oh, obviously, you know. The, the, look, what, what the media fails to recognize is like LeBron James is worth like a half billion dollars, five hundred million dollars. He, he's the number one pitch man for Nike. He, he's a brand. He's an institution. He's power, and and the media's job is supposed to speak truth and or question power and we pretend like lebron james has none and so we're in this we're just treating these athletes like it's the 1960s and they're making 50,000 bucks or 40,000 bucks a year and they're just not this weekend i saw something where nike has turned black history month into an advertising campaign for their shoes and they wrap this whole alleged push for equality. And so it's like buying a three or four hundred dollar pair of Nike shoes is somehow a contribution to the fight for equality for African Americans and others. (laughs) This is comical, man. I mean this is this is this is blatant exploitation and it just proves that again, this isn't about Uh, social progress or social justice, this is big business at work. And LeBron James is part of that. And if the media were doing its job, they would be questioning him about that and make him a bit more uncomfortable in doing that. Instead, we're celebrating it.
2: sat down with Sarah Palin and lit her up in that interview and everybody said my god I can't believe this woman might be a heartbeat away from the presidency nobody has ever sat down with Colin Kaepernick or for my mind Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr or LeBron James or any of these people who are stepping out in the world of athletics and being very political and really grilled them on the substance of their beliefs why do you think that is?
1: Uh, because that's not what we do in the media the media particularly sports media is now all about access and how can I <clears throat> maintain and protect my access to these athletes how can I be pretending to drive an uber and drive Kevin Durant and LeBron James around and ask them a bunch of softball questions that's the ultimate goal if you ask them any tough questions, if Curry Champion had asked them any difficult questions, they would have kicked her out of the Uber and Kevin Durant would have been driving, even he and LeBron. And so, it's just not going to happen. And particularly, now that the athletes now, they have their own platforms. LeBron James was kerry champion to ask him those questions and so of course the questions were going to be something comfortable for lebron james to answer And, and so the same applies look greg popovich has been a bully to the media forever if we legitimately started questioning him he would really be a bully and cut off all access
0: outstanding well, you know. stuff
2: outstanding stuff I got a heart out here Jason Whitlock outstanding as always go follow him watch the show speak for yourself go follow him let him know your opinion on the show at Whitlock Jason I appreciate all of you happy to be back in the saddle
0: here oh, oh.